Everywhere we turn, we are faced with hot mess mom culture, celebrating the messier the more mom you are. And while yes, motherhood is messy and full of labor and love, I'm here to bring light to the claims Satan has on our lives as mothers. We are not messes. We are masterpieces designed by God on purpose for a purpose. So join me for a conversation about stewardship as we seek to intentionally multiply all God has blessed us with in motherhood, marriage, life, and faith. Let's focus like Philippians 4.8 calls us on whatever is true, wholesome, noble, right, pure, lovely, peaceful, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Together, we can raise a generation of masterpieces and steward our lives in a way that matters most. Hey friend, you know that I love talking to other women that are excelling in certain areas of their life. And my guest today, Sarah Sanderson, is excelling in an area that is kind of hard to talk about. We're talking about finances. And so I hope you are blessed by our time together. I know I was. Um, There is just loads of grace and loads of practical steps that we can take to steward our money well um, as wives and moms. So I hope you'll take a listen. We're dividing it into two parts because there was just so much good to talk about. I pray you're as blessed as I was by our time together. So listen in. Hello, friends. Today is going to be fun. Um, We are talking all things finances, which, as you may assume, is the first thing most people talk or think about when it comes to stewardship. They think of the uh, parable in Matthew over the talents and it's just easy for us to wrap our minds around. We've been given this income or this money uh, by the Lord, and we're supposed to tithe that, or we're supposed to bless other people with it, and so or multiply it, invest it, um, use it wisely. And so I think sometimes we think we know everything, but we're very uncomfortable talking about it. So I have with me my good friend, Sarah Sanderson. Yay! I'm so happy to be here. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, my name is Sarah Sanderson. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I've got three kids, uh, five, four, and two. So, we are very busy right now. Very. My husband, Browning, and I have been married for eight years. Uh, He is a financial advisor, so that makes for an interesting dynamic, (laughs) having an investment professional and a personal finance professional married to each other. Um, We started out our marriage right before we graduated from Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University a week before we got married. So those laid great principles for our lives. We have never in eight years had a fight over money because we've always gone back to the baby steps that we'll talk about a little bit later and um, had just clear communication of being on the same page financially. And because of that, a couple years ago, I enrolled in Dave Ramsey's Master Financial Coaching course, which he personally teaches. There's probably a couple hundred around the country at this point. And so in my free time, I use it as a ministry to counsel people in their personal finances. So funny story. My dad made Justin and I do that class before we could get married. Oh, wow. Um, It was like a prerequisite. And... For the audience, um, my dad is a um, CPA. He's an accountant. And I am the world's worst. I have gotten better. Uh, But I am the world's worst 
financial manager. My dad uh, generously took care of that for me mm-hmm. most of my adult life. And then I got married and Justin's really good at all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning, mm-hmm. but I think it, it's not something that comes easily to me. And when forms arrive in the mail, I send everything to my dad that looks taxi. I, I, I literally tell him that. Well, and he's a professional. Yeah, he is. And my roommate <laughs> in college was an accountant. So I was surrounded by people that were always very good at it. And mm-hmm. I just never needed to be. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily okay. You know, there, there is some personal responsibility when sure. it comes to your finances. So mm-hmm. not something that's always been my strong suit. It's never too late to learn. That's something that we try. Uh, my husband and I, whenever we attend a wedding or we have friends that get engaged, we always try to pay for their tuition to go through financial peace as a gift to kind of get them started on the right foot. Because it, I mean, it changed our lives. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it's been the same way for Justin and I. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly we've probably definitely had some arguments, but it's more because I'm, I was a resistant learner. I understand. I, I have many resistant learners come through our course. <laughs> uh, but I have bougie taste. We'll just be honest. I Sarah knows me well. I like nice purses. You know, it's okay to like nice things. It is. It is okay to nice, like it's nice. okay to have and, nice things. And yeah, it mm-hmm. is. We just have to be able to buy them. To buy them. I understand. Um, <laughs> so like we were talking about um, in the parable in Matthew... The master gives three people different amount of talents mm-hmm. and one buries it because he's afraid to lose it. Mm-hmm. God calls him wicked and lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the two other multiply them, but at different amounts. Mm-hmm. But they both did what they were supposed to. Right. Okay. Um, so we're going along the framework of not wanting to be wicked and lazy. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I, and I felt more in the lazy and overwhelmed mm-hmm. genre. I think some people with finances, they get just so overwhelmed that it's like, I'm just, I, I can't make a choice because I don't know what to do first. I see that all the time with people that meet with me is that they either have learned too much and they're like uh, on information Analysis overload. Analysis paralysis. Or the situation, they they feel stuck in their situation. And it's very overwhelming. And it's scary. It is. It's very scary. And um, I just, it hurts my heart. But I'm just encouraged that people are starting to really um, look more at their finances. And how can I feel stable and secure with what I have? Yeah. And it is possible. Yeah. Um, so... Going forward, a lot of our listeners are stay-at-home moms. Sure. Um, not actively bringing in income. Mm-hmm. Pro- may or may not have a side hustle, mm-hmm. but not the primary breadwinner. Sure. Um, and a lot of you probably are. That's awesome, too. Mm-hmm. But um, looking at the mom that is not actively bringing in money, how can they play a more active role mm-hmm. In the finances in their family. Yeah. When I first became a stay-at-home mom, it was something that I really struggled with because I've always worked. Like, this, the earliest I could get a job, I've always had a job. I've always had income. And then even through my first pregnancy up until it was go time to give birth, <laughs> like, I was working. And so it was a really weird shift going from having income to 
being at home. And I think sometimes people can have a little bit of an identity crisis. I did. Of, oh my goodness, what is my purpose? Mm -hmm. And it's to raise these children to be valuable for the kingdom of God. And one of the things that comes with being a manager of your home and a manager of your family is helping manage those personal finances. And so I may not be bringing in money, but I can save money. Sure. And there's so many ways. Every little bit adds up to a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's something um, that my I've just so appreciated about my husband is that he's always acknowledged that I know you don't actively bring income, but you save us so much money. And it, so it's like having income. Yeah. So... If that means shopping the sales at the grocery store or waiting for something to go on sale at the store, or like clothing or shoes or yeah. whatever. And, um, you know, stockpiling money for a rainy day because things happen. Uh, that's what water we, heaters, water heaters, go out. air conditioners, car batteries, you name it, it happens. And so all that, of which Sarah's had recently. Oh, it's been ridiculous, you guys. <laughs> so, but... I do remember specifically a couple years ago, I had been putting money just to the side. I just felt it in my heart that I just needed to put some extra money aside. And so I had just been like stashing cash away for whatever reason. Not in your mattress. But- and my husband comes home from work and something had happened to his car and it was going to be about $550 to fix. And he was like, Sarah, we were working. We had just gotten out of debt. We were working on our savings. We didn't have the money. And he was like, I do not want to put this on a credit card, but we have to have a car. And I was like, I got you. I got you. And I was able to go and I had that money. And so I was like, Lord, thank you for giving me that urge to save this money. So, you know, that was a huge contribution. I didn't make that $550, but I saved it. Sure. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that was, you helped me realize, um, because I do have a, a working heart as a woman. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I love working. I love working hard. And that's Mm -hmm. probably part of my Enneagram one. Um, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. that's another day. But, um, it was, it's been a real big struggle, Mm -hmm. um, and spending for me is also anxiety driven. So mm-hmm. when I'm feeling anxious, I buy something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really like identifying that and mm-hmm. then trusting the Lord to heal me in that area mm-hmm. um, and allowing my husband to be patient yeah. with me through that mm-hmm. um, has been pivotal. Right. I think one of the most valuable things that we can do as far as being savers and contributing that way to our families is budgeting. Mm. And I know people hate that word so much because people feel like budgeting restricts me. Like I can't do things. I like a budget. It's freedom for me because I have a line item going, okay, I can spend this, this, this on all these different things. Yeah. And so it's, I'm really competitive. It's like a game for me. I kind of get a thrill out of it. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. It's fun. So I love going to the grocery store and seeing how much I can get for as little as possible. And then I come home and I'm like, look at me, look at all I did. And it's just, it's a fun game for me. And it wasn't at first, Yeah. but it's making a list, sticking to it. If you have impulse problems, use online shopping. You know, you can save a a lot of money. (laughs) And I've gone as far as starting to have our groceries delivered Mm -hmm. for that reason. Because Mm -hmm. even when I would go pick them up at the store, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, well, I'll just, 
I'm already here. I'll hop in for a couple more things. And then mm-hmm. I end up leaving with, I mean, at Walmart, leggings and a it adds up. sleep set. Mm-hmm. And, oh, maybe some new goggles for the kids because they mm-hmm. wore theirs out. Um, mm-hmm. So delivery, even though I have to pay a tip to the driver. Right. Has ended up being. You end up spending less anyway yeah. than walking in the store. Yeah. And that's a, a huge thing. And so I always encourage people that think they don't need a budget because I'm not an overspender. You will be shocked Mm -hmm. at how much money you spend, especially at the grocery store and eating out. If you just track your spending for 90 days yeah, and do that in the form of a budget and give yourselves 90 days grace to get your budget right. But you'll be really surprised. Okay. So I have two questions, but Mm -hmm. let's go down the budget train first. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my favorite thing is practical implications like we don't want to just give people a pet cop to go save Mm -hmm. money like Mm -hmm. what with regard to budgeting because that can even be overwhelming like Uh putting in car insurance like i don't know like Mm -hmm. you forget Mm -hmm. about some of those biannual or Mm -hmm. not routine expenses so are there tool is, is there a tool you recommend for people to get started like that makes it less overwhelming? Sure. So since I work with Dave Ramsey, I always encourage people to use Every Dollar. It's an app that his company came out with, but there's also the Mint app. There's also I think there's an app called Envelopes that I've heard people use that they really like. They pretty much all do the same okay. thing. So, my Every Dollar, I get it out every single month. I actually do mine every two weeks because we get paid twice a month and go through, put our basic expenses in. So your basic expenses, that includes um, your home, whether you rent or you own your home, the gas for your car, okay, your car insurance. If you pay it monthly, some people pay it twice a year. Some people pay it once a year. Okay. I just keep it as a line item in my budget to remind myself to go, oh, do I need to budget for that this yeah. month? Because that's what happens, honestly, to Justin and I a lot of times. We pay twice a year. Mm-hmm. And it gets there and we're like, it's up on you. Yeah, mine's coming up in how June. Did, so How mm-hmm. did we already pass six months and all of a sudden it's $500? Right, right. So it's something to be forward thinking about. So anything that I may not necessarily have to budget for every month, I still keep it in there so it's in the back of my mind. Okay. Um, and then you have your food, yep. which... I always try to remind people eating out is not Food. part of that. Correct. That, that, you know, groceries. Yeah. Being able to feed your family, that is something that's a non-negotiable, right? This may be, you can tell me to mm-hmm. back off, but mm-hmm. per week uh, for your family of five. How much per, do I budget yeah. monthly yeah. for the grocery store? I spend anywhere from about one anywhere from about 125 to 160 a week that's i mean depends on how much meat you have to buy and snacks and that sort of stuff so that yeah that's about on groceries how much we spend okay Mm -hmm. and once we kick the if my child will ever potty train we'll be able to kick the diaper situation those are expensive i do use great value brand they're great. not doing a plug for like what we use whatever but Mm -hmm. um try them Mm -hmm. if you haven't Mm -hmm. you can save some money that way yeah well, and also a huge tip that I've shared with people is sit down, plan your menu for the week. 
don't be like, okay, well, I don't know if I have any pasta ingredients, so I'm just going to grab it off the shelf. Sit down and go, okay, on Monday, I'm going to make fajitas. And on Tuesday, I'm going to do soup in the crock pot. And on Wednesday, I'm going to do something else. And go through those recipes and write down all the ingredients. Then write down any snacks or extras that you usually use. And then like your fruits and vegetables that you eat. That alone will save you tons of money. So you don't end up with the spring mix that you never opened that went bad? Exactly. I was notorious for that when I first got (sighs) married. And also take inventory of your pantry. Yes. Don't go buy that fifth box of cereal that you didn't know that you had had already. Mm -hmm. So when I was working full time, Mm -hmm. I I worked full time until three months after Luke was born. Okay. So I was a working mom for Mm -hmm. a little over two years. Mm -hmm. And um, for us... I would meal plan during my lunch break on Friday. Mm-hmm. I would pick up our groceries on Saturday morning. Smart. And I would meal prep on Sunday. So I bit mm-hmm. it off in bite-sized pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, meal prepping depended on the week. Sometimes I would break it down into eat each meal. Mm-hmm. Or I would just cook, grill a bunch of chicken and we would use it five different ways during the week. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to, for saving money, you can also find a rhythm that works for your family. Um, It does look different for a lot of people, depending on, you know, if you've got kids in sports till seven o'clock at night, you're probably going to wear out your crock pot. Or, you know, there's all sorts of... Or cooking all the chicken on Sunday allows you to come home Mm -hmm. and just heat stuff up. Right. Um, And maybe we need to do a whole episode on meal planning. So that might be another um, conversation. For me now as a stay-at-home mom, um, and this is just showing that your seasons will change and you just have to find the rhythm that works Mm -hmm. so that you can stick to a budget, so that you can stick to a meal plan. And people, um, and, and you look at your schedule for the coming week and then you buy what you need. Right. And we... I, I keep like two or three snacks, quick snacks for the boys. And we rotate through what we buy, but we mm-hmm. only have like three at a time. Mm-hmm. So I don't have stuff going stale either. Right. I've figured out that that's our happy place. Mm-hmm. Um, but now for as a stay-at-home mom, I sit down on Sunday during nap time mm-hmm. and look over the week and plan our meals. And then I have them delivered. Um Monday mm-hmm. morning, right before we come to your house for Bible study. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so it comes to my door, I put it away, and we're ready for the week. That's awesome. But that's just figuring out a rhythm. Right. You have to do what is best for you. For me, Friday is grocery day. So I'm either planning my menu on Wednesday or Thursday. Friday, I go to the coffee shop. I get me a coffee. I get dressed up. And I go to the grocery yes, store girl. and I walk around. No, but it's taken me years to develop the self-control to not just randomly grab things. But that is like my time sure. to stroll and just enjoy. So saving money doesn't have to be a, like you went for coffee. You go for coffee. Right. You it's, are, budgeted it's for. Budgeting doesn't mean you don't get to do fun things. Oh no, it allows fun things. Yeah. And then you don't, it doesn't give you the surprise of looking at your bank account and going, oh, I forgot that I spent that $72 at Target. You know, it just, it happens. Yeah. Easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll 
this is another area. I didn't prep you for this. That's so okay. I, I apologize. We, I, I gave her like a heads up before we got started. What I was going to ask. Um, I'll never forget my dad telling me about the first tax return he did as an accountant out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in West Texas mm-hmm. where people work in the oil and gas industry. People are just pouring out money in that mm-hmm. industry, especially during that boom mm-hmm. um, in the 80s. And my dad said the first tax return I did, the gentleman earned more interest on his checking account than my dad made in a year. Wow. And my dad realized that at that very minute, they were just numbers. Mm-hmm. It had no, it's kind of like getting on the scale and mm-hmm. not assigning value to yourself mm-hmm. based on the number on the scale. Mm-hmm. He realized then that he could not have assessed value of himself based on his income. Mm-hmm. That he had to separate those and that he wasn't going to be able to keep up with the Joneses. That that mm-hmm. wasn't, that wasn't going to be his goal. So for people that have, are maybe in the middle of struggling through um, that urge to keep up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. what, where do you, when you encounter people sure. like that in Financial Peace University, mm-hmm. where do you have them start? So I always have them start with getting out of debt. Debt is the robber of joy. And it is certainly the robber of peace. And you want peace in your home. And if you do not have your ducks in a row financially, you are not going to achieve peace in your home. I can, you know, like the, just the weight. And a lot of people have told me, you know, you don't realize the weight you are sitting under until you become debt free. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, I did not realize how bad I really felt until I stroke that last check and the debt's gone. It's the most freeing You want to do a victory dance. Yes. Just, you know, not, this is not like a huge plug for Dave Ramsey. I just follow his stuff is. Because it's worked for you. It's worked for me. And And something else might work for somebody else. We can say that. And so what he says is live like no one else now. So you can live and give like no one else later. And if you can just keep looking into the future and just going, I am following these principles and there is so much sacrifice being Mm. made right now. And it is not very fun. And I do not like my beat up car and I do not like my small house and I do not like all these things, but I'm going to choose joy because I am getting my life in order the way that God has called it. God has called us to live He's a God of order, right? Yeah, he always is. And he's that. always he's in the details. And so these things are so important. Get out of debt as fast as you can. I don't, if that looks like um, picking up a side hustle, you know, taking on second Dro- job, finding ways to make more dropping money. Dropping cable. Dropping cable. Dropping all of your seven TV subscriptions. You know, Spotify. That Kindle, stuff adds It adds up. Up. Now, those are both things that Justin and I have decided to make room for. Mm-hmm. He loves listening to music when mm-hmm. he's not at the ER. Mm-hmm. And I love books. I do too. Mm-hmm. So those are expenses that we've decided to make room for. Yeah. And that's the thing is you have to figure out what works for you. But if you can sacrifice some things temporarily to achieve the goal of financial peace, then you're going to be set. Thanks so much, friend, for tuning in. I can't wait for you to come back next week and listen to part two. I'm cheering for you.